Hollywood Casinos on the money. Presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. Here are your hosts, Dave Biddle and Scotty Vegas. Welcome to On the Money. It's going to be a very somber On the Money after Ohio State fell for the third straight time to Michigan yesterday, 30-24. to 24. Scotty Vegas, I would ask how you're doing this morning, my friend, but I, I think I know. Devastated, right? I mean, just absolutely devastated. Really went into that game yesterday, Dave, pretty confident and uh, shocked, honestly, that uh, it played out the way it did. We're going to spend the next two hours doing some group therapy, right? And we're already getting so many comments uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. So send them our way because throughout the two hours, we are doing a group therapy session on what exactly went wrong and what the future for Ohio State is. But Dave, I want to get to, I want to get your opinion right out of the gates here. What went wrong so much went wrong but you and i both agreed ohio state needed to get out to a reasonably fast start for a number of reasons you don't want to get behind michigan where they can just start to grind it out then it kind of also gets in your head after the last two wins this meant so much to ohio state obviously meant a lot to michigan Um, but just for a variety of reasons you don't want to try and play catch up And, and there's a number of things we can point to but that interception from Kyle McCord was the game changer. Even though it happened when it did, and Ohio State still had plenty of chances, I get. But still, game-changing plays can happen in the first quarter when you look back on it. I remember thinking, and then there was another one, too. It wasn't just McCord's. There was two that really stood out. Ohio State's first drive, third down, Mecca drops that pass. And, yes. yeah, was it a little low? Yes, you have to make that catch, though. You have to make that catch. That's basically a turnover right there. Instead of a first down, and he's still running. So he, you know, he's going to take it, and then all of a sudden, you're at least in scoring range, and maybe he takes it. Instead of that, you're punting. You're three and out. Um, that's basically a turnover. And then McCord's interception, that just gave Michigan a touchdown. Michigan's offense wasn't doing anything. All of a sudden, they have the ball at Ohio State's five-yard line. It still took them four plays to get in. Um, those two plays were the two biggest plays to me because it just set the stage. And then from then on, you can point to different things. You know, shaky uh, fourth down calls. You know, I thought, you know, the the touchdown should not have been a touchdown. I thought Burke did get it out. I thought there was still some, the ball was still moving before he crossed. And I thought Burke did get that interception. So there's a lot of things we can point to. But we talked about they needed to start fast. They couldn't get down. And what did they do? Shot themselves in the foot with a drop pass and a terrible interception to give Michigan the ball. Basically just to hand Michigan a seven-point lead. The thing that I hated the most decision-wise throughout this entire game, Dave, was how conservative Ohio State played, especially at the end of the first half, right? So Ohio State has the opportunity. They're down uh, 14-10, one final drive, and Ohio State had all the momentum at that point, right? So they had cut the lead. It was 14-3. They cut it to 14-10. They get the ball back. I know they're starting at their own two-yard line after a really good punt by Michigan. But they have unbelievable catches. Fleming makes a great catch to extend the drive to get them out of the, the deep territory. And then you throw a bomb to Marv. And then they get conservative on fourth and two. You're at the 30, what, four-yard line. And instead of going for it at that point, you still have 30 seconds left. So you have the opportunity to still get down there and potentially score a touchdown or go maybe kick a, a chip shot field goal. But to rely on your kicker to again attempt a 52-yard field goal instead of going down there and trying to score points. Look, Ohio State had a ton of momentum at that point. They were moving the ball like crazy. And then what do you do? You slow things down. You, you 
you call a timeout with a couple seconds left, and then you miss the field goal, and then you go into the halftime not feeling great about yourself. Kind of like what if if you go in there and you score, and you go into into halftime, even if you're fourteen thirteen after moving the ball from the two yard line, you're feeling a lot better. So I hated, I hated how conservative Ryan Day was. At the end of that first half, that really made me angry. The other thing, and you brought this up, how this comes down to one or two plays. And Andy Katzenmore, who I was watching the game with at Hollywood Casino, said this. He said, this game always comes down to one or two plays and who's going to make the mistakes. And guess what? You can count on three Ohio State mistakes. I don't think you can count any Michigan mistakes, major mistakes in that game. Obviously, the McCord interception to start the game was brutal. I thought the mistake at the end of the first half to be conservative, and then obviously the mistake at the end of the game uh, with how they could not stop Michigan defensively and then the, the interception at the end. Yeah, you do have to give Michigan credit. They did. They Tons. played a, a flawless game as far as you know, not doing anything, anything stupid, not throwing bad interceptions. Um you know, and, you know, I thought early on Ohio State was winning the battle of the line of scrimmage, and that completely flipped, you know, and that's another factor of playing from behind. They're able to wear Ohio State down, and, um, again, there's a bevy of factors. Like, you, you're, I agree with you. The end of the first half there, I could almost be okay with it. I didn't like that. It was, I know he made it right before they called the timeout. People were like, well, he obviously can make it. Yeah, yeah, we know Jaden Fielding's got a big leg and can make it. The point is a 52-yard field goal for a college kicker in that environment First year being a place kicker, even though he's a sophomore, he was a kickoff specialist last year, and I think he's a good one. That's a tough ask. Now, if Ohio State was getting the ball to start the second half, I could almost be okay with it. Yeah. They weren't even getting the ball to start the second half. Right. Because then you're thinking, okay, we're going to wind it all the way down. The way Michigan has no chance of getting the ball back. As bad as we've played, worst case scenario, we're down four, which ended up being what it is. We're going to get the ball to start the second half. No, Michigan got the ball to start the second half. So, for a variety of reasons, I didn't like that. I was wondering if we were going to see Georgia, Ryan Day. Or Michigan Ryan Day, and once again we saw Michigan Ryan yes. Day. Gosh, you hit it right on the right there because you're right. You, you think okay, now's the time that Ryan Day is going to come out with that aggressive uh, game plan. And guess what? Michigan was the one with the more aggressive uh, play uh, game plan. Look, I love the halfback pass that Michigan threw. I love the creativity on that yes. play. Uh, you know, and, and there just wasn't that for Ohio State. Was there anything out of the ordinary? You know, you talk about how, and I and I know Ryan Day talked about how the first eleven games of the season were just to get us ready for this week. And look, I. Didn't I didn't think there was anything new that Ohio State tried this week. I, I was I was very very disappointed with the game plan and the lack of aggressiveness. And look, Ohio State had a chance at the end there. Um, you know, unfortunately, I thought the offensive line just didn't hold up on that last drive because look, I think we saw in the Alabama game where Alabama had the had the hail mary basically from the thirty five yard line. If you give Marv three or four chances there in the end zone from the 20, 30 yard line. I think Marv comes down with the game winning touchdown. And unfortunately, they just couldn't quite get to that point. I was thinking like McCord and the way he played yesterday, just he's been shaky. You know, like, you know, there's been times he's looked good against bad teams. Let's just be frank. Um, and even the Notre Dame game, you know, that, you know, his claim to fame that that drive to win the game. Two plays before Mecca's big play should have been a game-ending interception. Yeah. He threw it right to a Notre Dame game. That kind of gets swept under the rug when people talk. What a gutsy drive. Okay, but it should have been a game over uh, Notre Dame if that guy could have caught the ball thrown right at him. Um, I don't know, man. I'm try- I was trying to think of the, la- the, the worst 
Ohio State quarterback since Kyle McCord to start in the game. I was thinking, well, so probably, you know, 2011, that wasted year. I remember thinking, no, true freshman Braxton Miller went up to Michigan and played his butt off. They they lost, but one because of Braxton, it was because of the defense. Like, McCord's not terrible, but he is just not good enough. Okay, let me put that blame, though, on Ryan Day, because here's the deal. You go into this season, and you look around, and you see national championship talent, right? I mean, we knew that there's going to be a great running back, unbelievable wide receivers. The defense, you think, was going to be very good based on the talent that's on that defense. And then you're going into this season with a very, very questionable quarterback battle, right? McCord and Brown. And I don't think they were ever comfortable necessarily at the beginning of the year with McCord. And then it just kind of it snowballed, right? I mean, McCord just... You know, he had some numbers, he had some games, but there was all kinds of jokes in the offseason about, boy, with these offensive weapons, anyone could step in there and play quarterback. Well, yes, anybody can step in there and play quarterback with these weapons, but you need a guy who can get it done in the clutch. And unfortunately, that was not the case. By the way, J.J. McCarthy came up with some big-time throws. The big difference in this game, I think, between Ohio State and Michigan was the quarterback play. All right, up next, we're going to hear from you, your best and worst tweets and Facebook posts. That's coming up next on The Money. More of Hollywood Casinos on The Money. On The Money. Presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. Coming up on ONN. Now back to Hollywood Casinos on The Money. On The Money. Presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. From ONN. Welcome back to On The Money. This is the group therapy session for the next hour and 45 minutes. We're going to hear from you guys. We want to talk about what went wrong yesterday. First, an action update. This On The Money action update is brought to you by our friends at the Mobile Center. Broken screen blues from throwing your phone after losing a bet. Visit a local Mobile Center store. Let's look now at the current Hollywood Casino Sportsbook odds for the national championship. Unfortunately, Michigan now the betting favorite uh, at plus 185 to win it all. Michigan uh, plus 185. Georgia is 2-1. to one. Oregon has moved up now to five to one. Alabama, after the miracle yesterday, is eight to one. Texas in there at nine to one. You'll see Washington fifteen to one. And then Florida State twenty five to one. Ohio State falls all the way to fifty to one. And I'll make this case, Dave, that nobody is more excited about the playoff expansion than Ryan Day because look if if this was next year and Ohio State loses to Michigan it would suck right it, it'll it'll always suck losing to Michigan but if this was the case next year where it's a 12 team playoff what happens is Ohio State loses this game yesterday and is a 5 or a 6 seed in the playoff hosting a playoff game here in Columbus with a chance to still win it all you know and that's what uh that's how the college football landscape is going to change going forward and so Ryan Day that pressure of you have to win the game uh, to, to win a national championship goes away 
next season. Obviously, that doesn't help us much for this season. There's still a crazy outside chance Ohio State could get back into the playoff picture. Probably needs Texas to lose. Probably needs Florida State to lose. And probably Georgia to beat Alabama. You probably need all three of those things, uh, all three of those things to happen to get back into it. But let's get into what the fans are saying. Dave, what are we, uh, what are we hearing? All right. I'm going to, there's a ton of comments and questions, uh, from Twitter. We put that post on Twitter and, uh, X. I'm still going to always call it Twitter. And we've got a ton. So I'm not going to get to all of them. I'd love to. If we had a five hour show, I still might not be able to get to all of them. But we're going to do this for the vast majority of the show. You guys have really chimed in. All right, let's get to the first one. Uh, this is the first guy to respond, and he's stuck in Ann Arbor still. Oh. Sorry. Stuck still in Ann Arbor um, at the hotel. Um, not really stuck. He they were they weren't planning on leaving. I don't think till right now. His name is or his post name is official Ohio State DG. I'm just going to. He has like six things he wrote. I'm just going to give you the cliff notes. He thinks the big house is a piece of crap. I mean, he just says a lot of different things about um, why the big house is a piece of crap. He thought the play calls from Ohio State were meh, and he calls Ryan Day a small time coach. Okay, so a lot to unpack there. First off, one thing I do want to kind of think about is Ryan Day has so many responsibilities that maybe, and I know they talked about this a little bit in the offseason, Dave, but maybe you get Brian Hartline a little bit more involved in the play calling. Is that something that, that you would kind of see maybe going forward? I know they talked about it. Ryan Day talked about it last year at the end of the at the end of the season. I mean, it's a lot of responsibilities for Ryan Day. Is that a possibility going forward in your mind, Dave, is, is sharing the play calling duties? Well, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like um, they need to bring in some. I mean, is Brian Hartland ready for that? I don't know. You know, I mean, I know Justin Fry's involved, too. It's just like losing Kevin Wilson was a, a, was a big loss. But this comes back to, I mean, Kyle McCord just is, is, is just not the guy. He's just not the guy, in my opinion. Okay, let's get to one more real quick before we take a break. We're going to get to so many. This is B of KGB. Um yeah. Okay. He says venting does no good. A change needs made. Michigan cut Harbaugh's salary and that changed their program. Gene should do the same for Ryan Day and even tagged at Ryan Day time. Mm. I don't think Gene's going to do that, nor should he. That ain't happening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, G- Jim Harbaugh was at a point where during that 2020 season, they were horrendous. I think they finished two and four, and it was close that he was going to be fired. All right. So that's why that, that salary cut happened. And then guess what? You know, I don't think that was necessarily a motivating factor in, in why Michigan has turned things around because of the pay cut and to get more money. But no, that ain't happening. All right. One more real quick one. Yeah. Then we, we can go to break. We have Kelvin X. He says, is it ryan day or ryan cooper i think what he means is is it john day or ryan was the one i've heard going is it john day or ryan cooper low-hanging fruit joke there yeah yeah but i get it i've been critical of people that have that have compared day to cooper i'm like i get it to an extent but like you are you sure you were a diehard ohio state fan during the cooper years because i believe in day a lot more than i believe in cooper i still do but man now you've lost three straight years it's tough it's getting tough to defend him I know, and I don't want to make any excuses, but John Cooper was losing to mediocre Michigan teams with great Ohio State teams. Ryan Day is is losing to great Michigan teams with great Ohio State teams. So there is a slight difference there in my mind. Cooper played some really good Michigan teams, including their last 
he ha- half national championship. He certainly did. But there and were if not also for Stanley Jackson throwing the ball right to Michigan in that '97 game. Who knows? That's what Kyle McCord throwing it right to Will Johnson reminded me of. I'm like, did Stanley Jackson just go out there? That looked like everything that happened in the 1997 game. Anyway, we got to take a quick break. We're going to hear from you guys even more next on the money. This is Hollywood Casinos on the money. On the money. Presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. From ONN. Hey, you, listen up. Everyone knows the best place to wager on sports in Ohio is Hollywood Casino Sportsbook. But you should also know that when you go to Hollywood Casino, you need to download the Pen Play Rewards app. Yeah, it's free to download. You could receive up to $150 in rewards. All you have to do is set up the Pen Wallet feature to get Pen Slot Play, Pen Table Play, or food credit during your next visit. That's the Pen Play Rewards app, only at Hollywood Casino. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-589-9966. Hey, folks, it's game day, and the betting's going to be intense, Drew. You said it, Dave, but a good pregame routine keeps betting responsible. That's right. You got to pause before you play. Good call. Sports betting is hot, but it can be risky. And pausing to set limits is an all-star move. That's right, Dave. If you bet on sports, pause before you play to set limits, recognize the risk, and know when to stop. Learn more at pausebeforeyouplay.org. Ohio has over 920,000 diabetics. If you are a diabetic, take a step in the right direction by having your feet checked routinely by a podiatric physician, the most qualified doctors to care for your feet. Adding a podiatrist to your healthcare team can help you better manage the effects of diabetes on your feet. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state. For more information or to find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Do you want a job that is flexible, secure, and fun? It also offers excellent pay and is ranked as one of the best jobs in America, too. I'm talking about being a dental hygienist. And all you have to do is complete a two-year program after high school. Visit ODA.org to learn more and to start helping people love their smile. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. ONN affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus has more. Haley Kirby reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate WKYC-TV in Cleveland explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts from the Ohio News Network. November is an ideal month to plant trees in Ohio because the soil is still warm, which reduces the transplant stress. Plus, trees require less water in November than in the heat of the summer, allowing roots to grow in the cooler temperatures. When planting trees, keep these tips in mind. Select trees that are zone hardy for where you plan to plant. Avoid planting trees that produce slip hazards like fruits and nuts close to sidewalks. And don't plant large trees near or under utility lines. To learn more about the November tree planting, contact an ISA certified arborist near you by going to trees4ohio.org. That's trees4ohio.org. The Fan. The Fan. Ohio Sports Destination. You're listening to Hollywood Casinos on the Money. On the Money. Presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. On ONN. Welcome back to On the Money. Dave Biddle, Scotty Vegas, Ryan Baker. We're hearing from you guys. We've got a ton of comments and questions on our social media pages. Uh, phone lines are down, but this is even better. I, I'm just loving this. Uh, a lot of you guys, guys have reached out. 
All right, let's get to the, the next one. This is Nick up north. He wants to talk about Ryan's Ryan Day's job security. He says, there's no way Day's job is in jeopardy, right? I don't agree with all of his play calling, but he, but the guy is a hell of a coach in my opinion. He says, but special teams coach Parker Fleming has to go. I agree with that. I, I am not right. I don't think, I, no, to answer your question, his job is not in jeopardy. It is not in jeopardy. Um, now, if he loses a fourth time and there's a new AD, all bets are off. But who knows? Game's at Ohio Stadium next year. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But is, is Day's job in jeopardy after an 11-1 season and a close loss at Michigan? No. Are the special teams still bad? Yes. Even that last drive, why, is, why are you returning the kick there? Why not just take it at the 25? You're wasting time, and then you get the ball at the 18? So not only are you wasting time with no timeouts, you lose seven yards. And took and, six seconds off the clock. Was Jesse Murko punting left-footed yesterday? Uh, I thought he was using his his right foot, but it, maybe it was his left foot. Maybe that's why he was punting like, looked so like a bad. junior high punter out there. The special teams are awful. Awful. So, yeah, I agree with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, look, th- I couldn't agree more. Special teams were a humongous issue. Look, Ohio State lost that game not only because of the mistakes, right? You have the, the multiple interceptions, especially the interception early in the game. You have absolutely horrendous special teams where Michigan had basically flawless uh, special teams, made their field goals had a punt that landed at the two-yard line and stuck. And, yeah, Michigan played flawlessly uh, as far as not making mistakes, coming up with creative plays. The halfback pass was a backbreaker for Ohio State. Yeah, creative. Now, as far as the day job security, I agree with you. I said this last segment. Nobody is more excited about the playoff expansion next year than Ryan Day <laughs> because guess what? Ohio State is uh, going to make that every single time. They're going to be in the top 12. They're going to make the playoff. And, look, Every year we're going to say the Ohio State Michigan the Ohio State Michigan game is extremely important. But going forward, the loser of the Ohio State Michigan game, Michigan game is still probably going to make the playoffs ninety percent of the time. You're totally right, like a hundred percent right. What you just said that just feels like such a loser's mentality. Yeah. It's so gross. Yeah, so now, now I mean, we can lose to Michigan and it's cool because of the twelve teams. It's like, oh, that's yeah, that's, that's such so a lo- it, it is does, gross. such a loser mentality. It's gross, but it's true. Uh, it, it is. It's both things. Both things are true. Okay, we. I don't know where the, where this guy's coming off. This Stephen Rosso on Twitter. He's a very reasonable fan. Stephen, we don't have time for reasonable fans today. No, I'm kidding. I like this. Stephen Rosso on Twitter slash slash X. He says sometimes you just lose. It was a great even matchup. OSU's quarterback just made two crucial mistakes. UM's didn't. OSU fans wanting to pin it on Day are impulsive, just wanting someone to blame. Okay, I mean, but I thought Ryan Day didn't coach a, a great game. I, did he? I mean, was it on Ryan Day? No, I don't think completely. But like, I mean, he could have coached a better game. I thought they were tight, and you play how your head coach is. Um, yeah, but I mean, he's a reasonable fan here. Everybody, no one's saying that like Kyle McCord uh, played well. So even the people that are being very, very positive are like, yeah, I mean, McCord didn't play well. Okay, one other thing that we need to put some blame on from late in the game because we've we've put we've sent a lot of blame around but the fact that Michigan gets the ball with 7 minutes 7 plus minutes to go and and actually it takes 7 minutes off the clock they 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 get it back with 8 minutes and they just kept pounding the ball pounding the ball it ended up being a 13 play drive that went 56 yards that ended up in a field goal look the the way Michigan played and scored we talked about how great this Ohio State defense has been 
Look at how Michigan played in the second half. They went field goal to start out the second half. Then they scored a touchdown. Then they got a field goal. Then they got another field goal. And then it was the end of the game with a knee. That was There was no punting by Michigan in the second half. And that was a problem because, look, Ohio State's defense we thought was unbelievable and was going to be great at, uh, at the point of attack. They let the team down late, especially in that last drive where you knew Michigan was running the football and Ohio State couldn't figure out a way to stop it. So yes, we were blaming Day, we're blaming McCord, blame the defense a little bit on that last drive. Yes, that last drive, they had to get off the field, you know, They especially if you're going to give them a field goal, you can't let them take off almost all of the clock while Seven you're using minutes. all of your timeouts. Um, they had to be better. Now I will say if we entered the game and you said this is how many points Michigan's going to score and this is how many yards they're going to have, Ohio State's going to outgain them, you'd be like, oh, that looks like a pretty good performance from the defense, but they did let them down in the second half. Again, another reason why Ohio State could not afford to get down in this game. You just give Michigan seven points. That gave them momentum when they had none, and all of a sudden, you're playing from behind all game. When Ohio State tied it at 17, I'm like, here we go. Ohio State came back to tie it. They're going to win now. They're going to win, and uh, you got to give Michigan credit. Ohio State did not win. All right, up next, we're going to hear from you guys even more on yesterday's game. That's coming up next on The Money. Hollywood Casinos on the money. On the money. Presented by Ohio for responsible gambling. Coming up on ONN Nation. Now back to Hollywood Casinos on the money. On the money. Presented by Ohio for responsible gambling. From ONN. All right. Brutal morning here in Columbus. We're getting through it. We're doing our group therapy session. We're going to hear more from you and your thoughts and comments on what the heck went wrong yesterday. First, we're going to do an on-the-money action update, which is brought to you by our friends at the Mobile Center. Want to watch the big game during your kids' exciting sporting events? Or if you're bored at work, then you need to pick up a portable charger at the Mobile Center so you will never run out of juice. Let's look now at the current Hollywood Casino Sportsbook odds for the conference championship games next weekend. And there's a handful of them. First off, Conference USA, you've got Liberty, a 10.5-point favorite over New Mexico State. Pac-12 championship, how about this line? Oregon is a 9.5-point favorite over Washington. Big 12, now this one affects Ohio State a little bit because if there's any chance for Ohio State to get into the playoff, they need Texas to lose. Texas is a 11.5-point favorite over Oklahoma. Oklahoma State in the Mac Toledo's an eight point favorite over Miami. Alabama miracle last night. Now they are a five point underdog to Georgia in the SEC championship game. And then how about this line? Michigan is a 23 point favorite in the Big Ten championship game against Iowa. And then your last one is you've got Florida State a four point favorite over Louisville in the ACC championship game. Initial thoughts on those lines. Anything stand out to you, Dave? I like the value with Alabama. Do we know the over-under of Michigan, uh, Iowa? <laughs> I knew that was coming. It's 35 and a half. So Michigan is a 23-point favorite, but the spread is, or the, but the total is 35 and a half. Huh. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. Um, I still like the under there. I still like the 35 under. and a half. Yeah, yeah I like the under. It feels like a game. Michigan obviously is going to get is is coming off of such a physical, tough game against Ohio State. It's a game where maybe you you just kind of show up, you go, you get the win, and you move on. You know, you know, you don't have to do too much to beat Iowa offensively anyway. Just kind of show up and and physically get 
14 points on the board and then get out of there. Uh, 23 seems a little high to me just because Iowa plays such good defense. But uh, the other line that kind of stood out to me, Dave, was that Pac-12 championship game. Oregon, a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Washington. And Washington was very lucky, guys, to get out of the Apple Cup yesterday. Uh, Made some really, really questionable decisions down the stretch, but ended up making a field goal to win uh, over Washington State to set up this Washington-Oregon. I like that this is Friday night. I watched Oregon play on Friday night against Oregon State, and Dave, I'm not so sure Oregon isn't the most explosive offense of anyone in the country, and I think they could absolutely win the national championship. I actually, you know, I've been on Washington all year. I kind of think Oregon is the play in that game. All right, let's get back to your comments and questions from our social media pages. Uh, This next one comes from Sir Buckeye. He says, Ryan Day has only lost seven games, but those have arguably been the most important games of his tenure. I would say the one exception is the Clemson, Clemson game. Yeah, yeah but um, but people talk about Ryan Day's record a lot, and it's like, uh, yeah, he's only lost seven games. Yeah, but he only really has like one really good win, and that's Clemson, and then these seven games were all big games that he lost. So he says um, every year, and this is a great point, I think. He said it's something new every season that is a glaring issue that costs OSU in big games. This year's the quarterback and special teams, he says. Defense the last two years. He says enough is enough with Kyle McCord and Parker Fleming. Yeah, you just can't marry up all of the great things with Ohio State, right? I mean, you had the great quarterback last year. You had the great defense, you thought, this year. You had the running game this year. You had the wide receivers this year. You just he is un, He's been unable to marry up all the great things. Look, the fact that you had C.J. Stroud, you had Marvin Harrison over these last several years, and you're 0-3 against Michigan over the last three times you've played, that's a glaring, glaring issue. This is one that I find very interesting. Okay, this is from Kevin Darnell on X. I actually called it X. If people have followed this, they know what I'm saying. He says, quote, it's interesting to see former players of the Trestle and Meyer era being so vocal about the past three years in Ryan Day. I don't he says, I don't recall ever seeing this before. That being said, I don't think it's fair to move on from day. Yes, and some of these guys you'd be like, oh, get off my lawn, these old guys. I mean, you had Maurice Claret flat out calling for Ryan Day's job. Yep. Um, but you even had like relatively young guys like, you know, Josh Perry and Michael Bennett. Those guys are what, still in their like late twenties? Um, maybe, maybe they're a little older than that now. Uh, maybe right at 30. Guys that were part of the 2014 national championship team just nine years ago. Those guys are not having, they think it's too much of the, they don't like the dance. And you could say, oh, well, Ohio State doing stupid dances before the game during warmups didn't cost them the game. They're not making that point. They're just saying it's like one, the, a lot of little stuff like that that they don't like. And I, when a guy's in his 20s making that comment, it's like that holds more on the former player. That holds more water to me than maybe a guy that's like in his 70s, a grumpy old man. Like I kind of buy into what they're saying. Again, knowing that that is a very, very, very small portion of this whole problem. But they it's kind of like they feel like it's a country club atmosphere over there. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, let me read what, what Maurice Claret put out on X. He said, let me help people out. When you're a premium program, you schedule BS games so you can make it to the end of the season undefeated and put your, put yourself into position to win the conference, go on a playoff run and win a championship. If you get to those moments and you, uh, I'll say poop your pants cons- constantly, <laughs> then we have to find someone else. You can't keep justifying losses. That's a loser's way of thinking. It's like something, someone always makes 
making an excuse as to why things won't work out for them. You have to win regardless of any and all circumstances. Look, I mean, that's a former player with pretty, pretty big time comments there. It, to me, I still think Ryan Day is the guy going forward. I, I do. You know, we've played this game where, okay, let's say Ryan Day left, whether it was he left for the NFL or he was asked to leave or whatever. Who do you get next? And I just don't think there's a guy out there that's better suited for this job. Sharon Moore? <laughs> no. No, um, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, and, and that's how I'm I feel. Oh, and, people, and people throw out Vrabel. And people, he doesn't want to recruit. He throw, doesn't want to recruit. Exactly. That's what, I, that's what Andy Katzenmore told me yesterday, too. He's not coming back because he's right. not going to want to recruit. Right. Um, the other thing, you know, Luke Fickle, you know, and Luke Fickle's had you know, success at Cincinnati. Uh, we'll see how Wisconsin goes. I, you know, I don't necessarily trust that that would be a home run hire. Uh, John I've heard, Gruden. I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this isn't 2001. Never mind. It used to be if there was like a job opening. What about Gruden? So it's always careful what you wish for. If you want to push a guy like like Day out, you got to think about who the replacement possibly could be. And, you know, Dan Lanning is a, is a hot name. But again, Dan Lanning is, is, is relatively new and hasn't exactly won huge games yet either. So I personally, I think Day is your guy going forward. And uh, let's see if he can right the ship. Up next, we're going to answer even more of your questions on the game from yesterday. That's coming up next on The Money. This is Hollywood Casinos on the money. On the money. Presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. From ONN. You're listening to Hollywood Casinos on the money. On the money. Presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. On ONN. Oh, misery loves company. And buddy, we got plenty of misery. Uh, we're hearing from you about yesterday's game. Scotty, you have, uh, I believe, somebody on Facebook you want to get to, or should I get to one from X? Let me get to one from X before you right. dig that one up. All right. This is from D2Buck on X slash Twitter. He says, after watching this season, there is no way we can walk into next year with Kyle McCord as the starting quarterback. He is not good enough. Can't count on him to take us forward. Let's get into that because we've talked about McCord didn't play well. He's been shaky a lot of times this year. Yeah, the stats look good overall, like for the year, decent. But he's got Marvin Harrison Jr. And it's just at times it's just, man, the inaccuracy. He's no threat to run the ball. Um, very poor pocket awareness. But let's get into it. So, you know, you can say, well, okay, that's fine. But he's still 12-1 and as a starter, including 11-1 and this year. And... It's reasonable to say if he was the starter next year, he would improve, right? He'll be a senior, you know, 13, four, now at least 14 starts under his belt, including the bowl game, assuming he does start the bowl game. Um, or do they go with Devin Brown, who we were here, it was nip and tuck between those two or throughout camp, nip and tuck, and I heard, knew that from an excellent source that at one point, Devin Brown was ahead late in camp. Kyle must have got just barely ahead, but still to the point where they were splitting time early in the season, at least that second game. Um, or do you go with Lincoln Keenholz, or was this a bridge year to Aaron Noland, as uh, our friend Jen Winters said way back? And I kind of just think, come on, bridge year to Aaron Noland. I really don't think it's a bridge year to Aaron Noland or Scotty Vegas. Do they hit the portal? 
What are they going to do at quarterback next year? I thought the mistake for Ryan Day going into this year was you had so many weapons, a crazy number of great wide receivers, and you had a you had a running back, you had a defense that could win a national championship, and you, you went into the year without a quarterback that you felt comfortable that could probably get it done to win a national championship. At least it seems because the quarterback battle went all the way to the start of the first game and into the season with Devin Brown and Kyle McCord and McCord been in the program and so I, you know that was a mistake in my opinion I think you, you needed to upgrade going into this year and I think you need to make sure you upgrade going into next year I really do look we, we joked in the offseason about oh, anybody can step in and be quarterback with these weapons and yes anybody could probably step in and, and be the quarterback and go 11 and 0 before you get to Michigan with those weapons but it takes a special person to get it done and it did not get done so yeah I think you gotta make sure that you give yourself the best opportunity for next year and whether it's Kyle McCord having an unbelievable offseason or you hit that transfer portal I don't trust a a freshman I know Aaron Nolan is very highly rated and going to come in here and probably be a really really good quarterback you don't trust a true freshman I mean that's just not not in the cards but let's get to a Facebook comment so this comment is coming from Josh Josh says how many teams now and who are the teams that you think can win the national championship and I think that's a good question you know looking at games yesterday there was almost chaos yesterday where Washington needed a uh, unbelievable finish a field goal at the end to win they went for it on fourth down from their own 30 yard line uh, to get in position to get that field goal if they don't get that first down they probably lose Alabama needed a miracle of all miracles I think I saw that ESPN had given uh, an Auburn a 99.9% chance of winning that game before the final play where it was a uh, Hail Mary, basically, from the 35-yard line where they catch it and win over Auburn. So, you know, to me, I think if I had to rank it, how many teams can still win this thing? I think I'm putting it at four. I'm putting it at Oregon. Uh, I think Georgia. I think Ohio State. And look, if Alabama can beat Georgia next Saturday, then Alabama can certainly win the national championship too. So for me now, it's four deep on teams that can win it all. We're going to talk Ohio State, Michigan, and all things Ohio State football the second hour of the show, but the final segment of the first hour, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk some NFL, Browns, Bengals, and more. That's coming up next on The Money. Hollywood Casinos on the money. On the money. Presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. Coming up on ONN. Do you or any of your family members, neighbors, or friends own a property that you just want to be done with it? If so, call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000. 614-470-2000. Would it be convenient for you to take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. Call 614-470-2000. That's 614-470-2000. Hey, you, listen up. Everyone knows the best place to wager on sports in Ohio is Hollywood Casino Sportsbook. But you should also know that when you go to Hollywood Casino, you need to download the Pen Play Rewards app. Yeah, it's free to download. You could receive up to $150 in rewards. All you have to do is set up the Pen Wallet feature to get Pen Slot Play, Pen Table Play, or food credit during your next visit. That's the Pen Play Rewards app, only at Hollywood Casino. Must be 21 or older? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-589-9966. 
The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. Our Winnet affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus has more. Haley Kirby reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate WKYC-TV in Cleveland explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. From the Ohio News Network. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just not sure that college is right for me. Have you considered a career in dental assisting? I love my job as a dental assistant. I have flexible work hours, the money is good, and I get to work in a professional, people-oriented dental office. What I really love about my job is knowing that I give people a healthy smile. For more information about becoming a dental assistant, contact your high school guidance counselor. Or if you are no longer in school, talk to a dentist in your community or visit ODA.org. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. Folks, it's game day and the betting's going to be intense, Drew. You said it, Dave, but a good pregame routine keeps betting responsible. That's right. You got to pause before you play. Good call. Sports betting is hot, but it can be risky. And pausing to set limits is an all-star move. That's right, Dave. If you bet on sports, pause before you play to set limits, recognize the risk, and know when to stop. Learn more at pausebeforeyouplay.org. November is an ideal month to plant trees in Ohio because the soil is still warm, which reduces the transplant stress. Plus, trees require less water in November than in the heat of the summer, allowing roots to grow in the cooler temperatures. When planting trees, keep these tips in mind. Select trees that are zone hardy for where you plan to plant. Avoid planting trees that produce slip hazards like fruits and nuts close to sidewalks. And don't plant large trees near or under utility lines. To learn more about the November tree planting, contact an ISA certified arborist near you by going to trees4ohio.org. That's trees4ohio.org. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Hollywood Casinos on the money. On the money. Presented by Ohio for Responsible Gambling. From ONN. All right, like I said, uh, we will talk more Ohio State Michigan next hour, unfortunately. But let's talk some NFL. Both of Ohio's teams are slight underdogs today. Bengals at home. They are two and a half point dogs against the Steelers. I like the uh, under of 36 and a half there. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then the Cleveland Browns on the road against the Broncos. Browns are two-point underdogs. I like the value there. Let's start with uh, Bengals and Steelers. Jake Browning making his debut as the Bengals starter. Goodness gracious. I I just don't see the Bengals winning this game with Jake Browning. Uh, Even at home, even though the Bengals have a good defense, I don't see Jake Browning winning this game against the Steelers defense even with Kenny Pickett not looking good maybe the new offensive coordinator will give them a lift it can't get any worse for their offense yeah I hate to say it my fellow Bengal fans but I I would uh I would lay the two and a half points and take the Steelers in this one I think they're gonna win by three or more Dave I am with you on this one I love the spot for Mike Tomlin coming off a divisional loss now mix in Steelers are facing a backup quarterback I mean I don't know how you can't take the Steelers in this game in my mind look this is a stat you're not going to want to hear, Dave. Quarterbacks making their first career start versus the Steelers are one in eleven straight up in their twelve games. You know, I mean, I, I just uh, devastation, obviously, for the Bengals. Not only Burrow, you have T. T. Higgins out today as well. I just don't see it. Let's move to the the Browns and the Broncos game. And I actually like the Browns today. Look, the the, the Broncos have generated ten. 
turnovers more than their opponents the last three weeks. They're on a little bit of a winning streak, Denver is. Denver's defense is playing better. Remember how horrendous that Denver defense was at the beginning of the year? But they're still not very good against the run. They're 30th in the league against the run. Cleveland's going to run the ball, and I think the fact that you're getting points with Cleveland, I I think they're going to lean on that offensive line, and I think that Browns defense gets it done. So to me, the two plays are Steelers giving the points and the Browns getting the points. I like that, and I might do a three-leg parlay and hit the uh, under the Bengals-Steelers as well. So it'd be Steelers to cover, Browns money line, and then under 36.5 Bengals-Steelers. How did your turkey day betting go? Because... You know, you had the 49ers that they won big. You had the Cowboys. They won big. I will tell you, I had the Lions on the money line. I did too. They screwed me early. I know. Stupid. I hate that I took the Lions on Turkey Day. I know, man. And it like, it it kind of ruined like Thanksgiving dinner because that was the first game and like the game wasn't even over yet, but like the Packers got up big and then it was like, and then we had the big meal and I'm like, Stupid me. I'm like, boy, I should. This is I, should, I care way too much about. I, I love Thanksgiving and hanging out with the family. I love the food, and it's like I care way too much about. And I had fantasy football implications that weren't going well. So, yeah, man, that was a tough way to start. I'm, I'm with you. I had um, a three leg parlay of all the favorites winning. You know, last two came through. Uh, that the Lions and I. Um, it's the poor Lions, man. The and I like. I'm. I've been rooting for the Lions this year, even when they're good. They lose on Thanksgiving. I know. I know. And Jordan Love played well. I've been critical of him and what a stupid pick that was. He played great. Two straight years. Yeah, and it wasn't just the stats. He like was making tough throws. Two straight weeks, Jordan Love looks like a dude. He, he definitely did on Thanksgiving. But I will tell you, I finally had a little bit of a slump buster. I was in a dark place. I'm still in a dark place after that game yesterday. But I had a miracle, miracle win because uh, the last three games of my parlay yesterday were Alabama, just on the money line, Washington on the money line, and Oklahoma State. And all three were ending basically at the same time, and they all came through for me. So it was a slump buster. Put a little smile on my face despite the fact that I was so depressed yesterday. But that did help. I finally hit one of those parlays. And it wasn't all bad in the sports world yesterday. So the Columbus crew, they won two to nothing at Toronto. And they advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals. They will play FC Cincy with a trip to MLS Cup on the line. Hell is real. Go crew. Crew now two wins away from the MLS Cup title. And Ohio State hoops. They won yeah. the Emerald Coast Classic. They Woo! look great. Wins over Alabama. And a win over Alabama, 92-81. Alabama's yeah. ranked. And then they smoked Santa Clara, 86-56 to yesterday. That's a Santa Clara team that is ranked. Well, the first hour of the show is in the books. If you're listening on the fan, stick around for the second hour. This is On The Money. Deep Biddle places over-unders on how many traffic lights he hits coming into the studio. This is On The Money. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Goodness gracious. Ugh. I had to play the, the disturbed version of that song. It's a great, great remake. And it kind of 
It's fitting. It's fitting today, Scotty Vegas. Um, so you want to talk? You want to talk Ohio State, Michigan, or do you want to talk Crew and Ohio State basketball? You gonna get with this, or you can get with that? No, we'll talk more Ohio State, Michigan. Um, it's just so disappointing. It's just so disappointing. Um, they started slow. That uh, three and out to begin the game that shouldn't have been. I love a Buka, but that third round drop or that third down drop was huge. Yes, and it then, was. The biggest play of the game is Kyle McCord's interception. You know, that's a stalemate. You're thinking, okay, just don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything stupid. And he throws it right to Will Johnson. Basically just gives Michigan a touchdown when no one could do anything. They get the ball at the five-yard line. And it takes them four plays to get in. You know, yeah, Ohio State's defense let them down on that last drive, that field goal drive where Michigan got up by six in the fourth quarter and took a bunch of time off the clock. There was eight minutes left when they got the ball. Took seven minutes off the clock. But... Still, the the defense, I thought, overall played well. At halftime, total mm-hmm. yardage, 193 for Ohio State, total yards, 118 for Michigan. 193 to 118 at halftime, and Ohio State trailed by four. No fault of the defense. So I'll disagree with you. I will disagree with you. I don't think the defense played great. I really don't. I mean, the fact that they gave up 30 points, but when it, when it really mattered, as you said, when the game was a three point game with eight minutes to go, you could not get that Michigan offense off the field. And that was, that was so disappointing to me. Giving up 30 points. I was surprised. I really didn't think the Michigan offense was going to move the ball the way they did. It's unfair to say they gave up 30 points, though, when one of those drives started at the freaking five-yard line. Okay, but... It took them four plays to get in. I still... I I think they... You know, they weren't as physical up front and down the stretch. I agree in the know, second half. I'm just talking about the first half. Look, I, when you when you go drive by drive in that second half, Dave, and, and you look through it, and Michigan didn't have to punt once in the second half. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's that's so bad. And, and, and again, the offense kind of put them in a, in a position that, uh, you know, they had an opportunity to get back into this game as 24 uh, 27, 24 with eight minutes to go. At that point, you're thinking, all right, there's a little bit momentum. Ohio State just went down the field very quickly, scored the touchdown in under four minutes. You felt good. Eight minutes is a lot of time. You still had three timeouts and then you didn't get the ball back until there was one minute. You're down six points and you have zero timeouts. So very, very frustrating. But to me, and I know the, the, the interception in the first half, that was that was awful. That was you know inexcusable for McCord to throw that ball. And I know people were saying uh, Marvin should have fought on that on that throw. <laughs> Look, it was such a bad throw. There was no fighting, right? There was no way you're getting interference, offensive interference, and knocking that away from him. It was just too quick of a pass. It was too quick of a play. It looked like Will Johnson was the intended receiver. It would hit him right in the hands. Exactly, exactly. So the criticism of Marvin on that play is stupid. It makes no sense to me. But what frustrated me like crazy, this, this had me going into halftime so angry, was the fact that Ohio State played so conservative down the stretch. They get the ball at the two-yard line. They get an unbelievable catch from Julian Fleming to get him out of trouble into the Michigan area. And then they get a bomb to Marvin Harrison. And then you're thinking, oh my gosh, this offense is rearing and ready to go. And they get all the way down to about the 34-yard line. And it's fourth and two. About 30 seconds left. And again, the the, the clock is You have a timeout. The clock is also going to stop if you get a first down. And they waste the time and 
decide to settle on a 52-yard field goal. And I hated that. I hated that with how aggressive and how uh, the the Michigan defense was kind of on their heels at that point on that drive. I hated the conservative decision. And I thought Ohio State, unfortunately, coached way too conservative yesterday. And it cost them big time. You know, the fact that you missed that field goal, all the momentum then is with Michigan because Michigan was also starting the second half with the ball, which they got the field goal to start as well. So you tie it up at 17 too, Dave. We haven't talked about this yet on the show. You tie it up at 17 and you feel like you have all the momentum at that point. And then Michigan goes on a seven play drive, 75 yards where look, they just pounded it on Ohio State's defense. That was a heartbreaker. The fact that you had worked so hard to overcome that initial interception, you get it tied at 17 apiece and then you give up a touchdown and then you go three and out. We talked about that. You just probably, you know, tuned me out. I would never, I would never do that to <laughs> you. And I would never do that to you, Scotty. Wink, wink. No, but no, but seriously, we, we probably did gloss over it. But yeah, I mean, I thought Ohio State, as I said in the first hour, I thought when it was 17 all, I'm like, okay, they're going to win now. They've been playing from behind yes, all game, too. all game, all game, playing from behind, playing from, finally, when you're playing from behind all game and you finally tie it up, especially with the touchdown and you're looking good, you just feel like, okay, we're going to win this game now. Momentum's yes. so huge. And then that's where I agree. The defense really let them down. There's no excuse for that. But I, I maintain if Ohio State doesn't get off to that slow start and if Ohio State's the one that's leading at halftime, you know, it would have been a different story in my opinion. Um, and I'm with you on the, on the, you know, at the end of the first half there with, the, with it being such a long field goal. I didn't like it. And again, he's got the leg for it. I knew he had the leg for it. That wasn't the problem. He hit one right down the middle, you know, before they took the timeout. He can make the field goal. The thing is, though, it's still not a, you know, that much of a high percentage field goal. And you're not getting the ball to start the second half if you're Ohio State. You're down four. You need to be aggressive there. You're right. They just hit two really good passes to get out from, you know, you know, near their own goal line and they have all the momentum. And then you just pucker up and, and kick that field goal and you're not even getting the ball to start the second half. I didn't like that at all. All right, let's get to this. This is a, speaking of, of Ryan Day and coaching. This is from CTX Bucks Run on Twitter slash X. Quote, we lost to an interim head coach who was thrown into this two weeks ago. Marinate on that. We got outcoached and outplayed yesterday, and their team wanted it more. Anytime Michigan faced adversity, they rose to the occasion. Let's see. Uh, I detect zero lies. Okay, so it's 100% true that Michigan played with a much more aggressive game plan. Look, they were three for three on fourth down, right? And that was humongous. They kept getting those fourth and shorts, and they got them relatively easy each time. They were also the more creative team. The fact that they threw a halfback pass... I mean, that was, that was such a good call. Um, you know, and, and you hate to say it. Michigan was more aggressive. They were more creative. And, uh, that's, and, and then the other reason why they won is the lack of mistakes. They just did not shoot themselves in the foot at all. Like there was, you kept waiting for something bad to happen where Michigan would get in a third and long or they would throw an interception or some kind of mistake. That mistake never came. And that's why they won the football game. We have somebody, a Michigan fan, a reasonable Michigan fan on Twitter 
you know, when he wanted to check in um, and give his thoughts on the game. Um, now, it is easy to be a uh, a good winner. You know, it's easy to be a good winner. You know, now I did hear some stories yesterday of Ohio State fans leaving the game and they said Michigan fans were awful, but whatever. Um, at least this guy's being nice. I'd Zach, be awful too. Zach Woodruff. Yeah. Zach Woodruff on X. He says, quote, as a Michigan fan, I thought both lines were controlled by Ohio State. Interesting. Turnovers and creative play calling were the difference. I agree with that. He says, I've listened to Bucknuts all year and enjoy the insight into the enemy. I really hope the NCAA doesn't kill us and we can continue to have competitive games. Well, Zach, even though you came in peace and said nice things, buddy, the NCAA is going to kill you. Just read that 13-page report. And so I'm telling Michigan, I kind of say this, you know, you know kind of, you know, not really sarcastically, but you really don't have much room to talk trash if you're an Ohio State fan right now unless you say something like this. Michigan, you better not screw this up in the CFP. You better not screw this up because you're going to be irrelevant for a long time. Read that 13-page report from the Big Ten. The NCAA is going to hammer you, so enjoy this while it lasts. Don't screw it up this time. There's not a great team in college football this year. Maybe you can get it done because you're not going to be back for a while. I'm a little bit of a wait and see with the NCAA because I honestly thought that Kansas was going to get absolutely hammered in basketball. I thought North Carolina's scandal years ago, they were going to get hammered. I thought Miami's scandal, they were going to get hammered. I thought Sean Miller, (laughs) the college basketball coach from Arizona, who was on wiretaps, FBI wiretaps, tried to pay players i thought they were that he was going to get hammered and none of that ever ended up happening so we'll see i mean look signs point to that and i think you're right this michigan team has to get it done because here's the deal i still wouldn't be surprised if jim harbaugh leaves at the end of this season i think that's still well, a i think possibility. that's a lock oh i think that he's gonna get a show cause he's he's done by the sure. way 100 in my opinion think about how awkward and i didn't even want to think about this but think about how awkward this is going to be where uh, look michigan's going to be iowa and, and and win the big 10 championship and tony Petiti's going to have to give the big 10 championship <laughs> trophy right to jim harbaugh you know, and how awkward and, and disgusting that's going to be. You know what else? In, in the Big 12, the Big 12 commissioner, your mark, is going to have to probably give it to Texas, who is leaving the Big 12, too. I mean, it's just it's going to be an awkward championship weekend for sure. Guys, real quick, Zach is also wrong about his domination of the lines. Yeah, I didn't Especially agree Especially if you want to look at the last seven minutes of the game, like you and I talked about earlier, Scotty. Every time Michigan needed a yard, they pushed their offensive line pushed Ohio State down the field four. So that's just wrong. Maybe early in the game, I don't know. Maybe it's just recency bias because that's the last thing. But the Michigan offensive line dominated the Ohio State defensive line when it counted. I know Zinter went out late, their best offensive lineman. I hope he's okay. That looked like a pretty gruesome. Uh, broken leg. Hope that kid's okay. Um, he could have went to the NFL last year, but um, that was late in that drive. Is that right? So that didn't really affect Michigan. But how long were they without Zinter? I can't remember. Was that just like well, they just didn't a few ha- plays? They didn't have him the last seven minutes like I was talking right. about at least when they oh, were... they didn't have him for that whole drive? I don't believe oh, so. Geez. Or That's if he the... got hurt, it was early in it, so they were dominating yeah. the line without him. Well, that, remember... that, that, makes it, that makes it worse. A lot worse because he's their best offensive lineman. And remember, the very next play after he was carted off was Corum's long touchdown run. Oh, that's right. That was the very it was like Ohio State was like, okay, play. we got him. Like, you know, Ohio State comes out there and just bam. So he wasn't in for that whole last drive. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, even, every, there's been, there was so much that happened that I, I was thinking for some reason that happened on the last drive. 
Boys, that makes it exponentially worse. Yeah. You have well, a backup offensive lineman, and not only a backup offensive, they were already banged up, and now they're without their best offensive lineman, and you still can't get off the field. Ugh. Before we take a break, real quick, I did get a question on on X of how does Ohio State find their way back in the playoff this year? You know, that's an optimistic question. Uh, it, it's a long shot at this point because here's the thing. You need three things to happen, I believe. You need Georgia to beat Alabama. Uh, that would eliminate Alabama and give Georgia the spot from the SEC. You would absolutely need these two things. You would need Florida State to lose to Louisville because Florida State will be ahead of Ohio State being undefeated. And if they were conference champ, they would be ahead of Ohio State. And then the last thing, this is the longest shot. You need Oklahoma State to beat Texas. If those three things happen, I do think Ohio State gets back in. But that's very wishful. Again, 11.5-point favorite for Texas over Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. We'll talk much more Ohio State football later in the show. But up next... We're going to do a little this or that. That's coming up next on The Money. A lot has changed in 30 years, but we're still that old shoe that feels worn in and well-loved. And, well, we smell a little, but oof, you've accepted that. The fan. Scotty Vegas places so many bets, he can't even remember which teams he's rooting for. You're listening to On The Money. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Ugh, man, I'm depressed. Just talking to you during the break, we're like, yeah, we're heading to Indy, that was the plan, and then, oh, it's going to be exciting, they're going to head to the playoffs, and then everything comes crashing down. Just sucks. It sucks this morning. But uh, we're trying to get everyone through it. We are going to be having our group therapy session the rest of the way. <laughs> and uh, we're now going to do an on-the-money action update, which is brought to you by our friends at the Mobile Center. Bundling home internet with your existing wireless plan has never been easy easier. Stop into a local mobile center and find out more. Let's look now at the current Hollywood Casino Sportsbook odds for the national championship. Speaking of socks, Michigan is the betting favorite, plus 185 to win it all now georgia's two to one oregon five to one alabama after that miracle win last night's eight to one texas still in there at nine to one washington is 15 to one ohio state falls all the way now guys to 50 to one probably the only way the only path in is you need florida state to lose you need texas to lose and then you need georgia to beat alabama next weekend you need a nice little three-way parlay actually we should Put that together and see what the the odds on that parlay would be. Uh, but now we're going to do a little thing called this or that. Ryan, hit it. Here they come, yo. Here they come. Here they come, yo. Here they come. Here they come. This or that. This or that. All right, guys. This is my first this or that question. Kyle McCord. Is he going to be the starter on Saturday, August 31st against Akron? That is a year from now. In week one, will Kyle McCord be your opening day starter, Dave? We do a tremendous amount of show prep, as always, and we share a lot of the show prep. We have a show sheet, but we don't give away our this or that's ahead of time. No. So you, what happened right there was you just stole my first one. No. Okay, so my getting with McCord is going to be the starter to begin next year. My getting with a different quarterback. I am getting with... A different quarterback. Oh, I just don't, okay. from what I've seen, and it wasn't, I know, you know, we're prisoners of the moment, but just, I don't know, man. I just, they've got to, they've got to be better than that at the quarterback position. What would Nick Saban do? Would he be like, oh, yeah, we're okay with this? There's no way in hell he would. He would either fight one of the guys I've recruited is going to take the job, or I'm going to go out and find one in the portal. Okay. And Ryan Day's hit the portal before, but I think it was easier when he didn't recruit Tate Martell to be like, I don't want this guy. 
I'm going to go get this Justin Fields guy. Um, yep. He recruited Kyle McCord. He knows the family really well. It's easier said than done. But from what I've seen, not just yesterday, but McCord is, you know, can be solid. You know, he's, he can beat Penn State. He's not going to beat Michigan. Okay. He's not going to, he's going to make the play that the, uh, cost them the most. He's no threat to run. Um, I'd like to see Devin Brown or somebody else be the quarterback next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a different quarterback start the year next year. And again, that first game will be Akron next year. I, I have a feeling though, guys, I think it will be, it will start out with McCord. So I'm going with McCord. I was just going to say, this isn't this or that what we want. This yeah. is this or that what it will be. There you go. Ryan Day isn't Nick Saban. And he won't pull the trigger on this, I don't think. Should Kyle McCord? I think there's a great argument to say no, he shouldn't be, but he will be. Whoa, hit the wrong button. I just X'd myself. I was going to say, it worked. It worked. Ryan did not like his own answer there, which is a rarity here on this or that. All right. Generally speaking, I'm not talking about every time you're in the car. Generally speaking, are you getting with. Eating while you're in the car, if you need it, you haven't had a meal, you get with eating while you're driving. Let's be clear about this. Are you getting with, I don't eat in the car, I'm going to pull over, I guess, I mean, while driving. You getting with eating while driving, or are you not getting with that? Absolutely, I'm eating, for sure. I mean, I'll eat uh, whatever. Like, I, I'll have something on my plate, on my lap. Yeah, no problem. Here we <laughs> I'm, go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, getting, uh, I'm getting with eating while driving. In a moment, we'll get with maybe some of the best and worst foods to eat while you're driving. But yes, again, not always. But yeah, if I need a, a meal or something, I go through somewhere, I'll get something that's, you know, easy-ish to eat while I'm driving. I am getting with eating while I drive. Guys, if I didn't eat in the car right now, I probably wouldn't eat at all. So I'm getting with it. All right, guys. Would you rather lose to Michigan? No. Or have your buddy stomp on the head of a shovel and the handle hit you in your little biddles? <laughs> you can't say it like that. Little biddles. No, no, we don't. No, no. Big biddles. We're not doing that. <laughs> find, find a different. There's so many different terms out there. Listen, it's my Onions. this or that. It's it's little biddles uh, for this well, one. Little biddles. Oh gosh. Oh man. Um. Yeah. I would. I would take a. Uh, I'll think back to ninth grade baseball where. Uh, man. I hope I. I hate to even admit that. Hey, I got in front of the ball and I was, uh, but it broke my cup. That's how hard I, <laughs> I got oh. hit. I would take that again. And but, yeah, boy, I was, even though I had a cup, I was writhing in pain for rolling around. We don't around. have a cup for this one. Okay, though. but I, I would still do but it felt like I didn't. It was hit so hard. <laughs> I, I call it the hot corner. Like, geez. Um, I still got, still feel that a little bit. I don't care though, man. I, I would take getting kicked in the family jewels over. Losing to Michigan. Yeah, the pain yesterday and, and still this morning is so deep, especially knowing now that it's over, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what bowl game they go to. Look, I, I don't think they're like I mentioned earlier that maybe there was a path. Three things need to happen for Ohio State to get back into the playoff. I don't think it's happening. And so this morning you, you go through the realization that it's done. Like, who cares what bowl game they go to next? Is it the Orange Bowl? Probably. Who cares? Right. right. I mean, it's over. It's done. This <laughs> unbelievable talent on this team is going to win absolutely nothing this year. And that's uh, that's the the worst kind of feeling. Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I guess that pain is temporary. This one's going to last at least another 364 days right now. So uh, I think I'm going to take the shovel, unfortunately, for uh, everything down below. I've mentioned throughout the show that 
there is no bigger fan of the playoff expansion than Ryan Day because here's the deal. Ohio State's going to be in that playoff every single year. So even if you lose to Michigan, and again, this is a loser's mentality, and I hate that we're even thinking like this, but if Ohio State loses to Michigan again next year, Ohio State will still find their way in the playoff. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And in this case, if this was the playoff for next year, Ohio State would just be a five seed or a six seed in the playoff, and they would have a nice home uh, playoff game in round one. So are you guys now getting with, because you guys have been kind Kind of on the fence about the the playoff expansion. I haven't been on the fence at all. You've been anti playoff yes. expansion, both of yes. you. I've been on the other side of the fence. The fact that now <laughs> we're, we're experiencing the pain that we're experiencing, are you a little bit more excited that next year you still have the playoff to look forward to, or no? No, I think it's they're doing it all for money. I'm not breaking news there. Um, it's just it's twelve is too many. We had a quarterfinal game yesterday. Now maybe Ohio State can back in again. Um, but uh, no, I, I'm not going to change my stance just because it might help Ohio State next year. Hopefully Ohio State beats Michigan, and in, in a normal year, if it was a 14 playoff, Michigan would be the one that was out. So no, I'm not getting with it. Yeah, I I, I am. Look, I've always been of, of the feeling that they need to expand. I think it's going to make for December so much more exciting in college football when you have expansion because right now, the way it is, you're going to have two games that matter in the playoffs and then be done, right? I mean, and then the championship game and then next year you're going to have four first round games four quarterfinal games that's eight more games that we can enjoy heading into uh the the playoff so i'm excited for that uh so yeah i'm still on board with the playoff not at all they don't deserve it this year they wouldn't deserve it next year and no like th- that was a playoff game yesterday you had your chance Okay, this is like a little bit of a different this or that. It's not even really a this or that, but I, my earlier one, was, we were talking about, are we getting with driving or eating while we're driving or not getting with it? We all said we eat while we drive, of course. Um, let's talk about some of the best and worst foods to eat while you're driving. I'll start with the worst. I love crunchy tacos. Yeah. I love crunchy tacos. Just love them. Always have since I was a little kid. Love them. That's kind of got to be the worst food to eat while you're driving because I don't know who you are. Is there anybody that can eat a, a whole taco without it breaking in some fashion? I mean, that, not necessarily the first bite where it all falls apart or that that will happen. Um, and then you got stuff all. I mean, it's just it's a mess. Tacos have to be the worst. For, yes, tacos are really, really bad. You gotta get a, a soft taco if you're gonna eat a taco in the but, car. But if you drop some taco on you, oh well. How about this? If you're eating super chili, which I do occasionally, I like to get a nice little chili. Oh, no, no, and, no, and no. it's usually very hot while, you, while driving. Yeah, and oh. if you spill that on yourself, and it can hurt. Not only is it gonna leave a mess, oh. but it can also hurt and burn you. So yeah, in that's certain the places worst. too. Right, the yes. little middles. No. <laughs> I think we got something here. No, no. Maybe a new t-shirt. I, oh, my God. I used to like you guys. <laughs> guys, I don't know. I mean, both of those are good ones. I saw somebody driving down the road eating a bowl of cereal once. I don't even know how you can do that, just like the chili. So I, I'll just agree with Scotty here. I'll say chili. That sounds terrible. And, and some of the easiest are you know, stuff like, you know, like, let's say like chicken tenders or something like that. You can just pick up, you know, and if you get something really piping hot from Cane's, maybe let it cool off a little bit. You know, chicken nuggets, you know, fry. If, as long as you don't need it. Fries are the best. Yeah. Stuff like that. Easy, burgers, you know, all kinds of healthy food that I'm bringing up right now, you know. But uh, yeah, crunchy tacos, that's got to be the worst. Guys, are you getting with losing to Michigan or drinking month old rancid <laughs> milk? 
I'm I, I'll drink the how, how, like a whole gallon. I mean, I think it's impossible to drink. I think it's physically impossible to drink a whole gallon of milk, even if it's fresh. But you know, a healthy portion, a nice glass. A, a glass. Count me in on that. I mean, that yesterday felt like you know um, I had about like five gallons of stale milk. Yeah, give me a glass of nasty stale milk over losing to Michigan. Yeah, give me that for sure. So I have a stomach of steel, right? I have <laughs> actually eaten Chinese food that sit out in the heat before. Uh, no problems. Uh, the other day, actually up in my office, I actually had an energy drink that had been sitting on my desk of two water bottles, and I accidentally took a drink out of the uh, energy drink that was sitting there probably two or three weeks, and uh, it tasted nasty. But I got through it. No no issues. So, yeah, I'm getting with drinking the milk. One quick funny story on that, though. We were in Vegas, and my buddy had a really, really big parlay going, and he was in a lot of stress over the last game of the parlay. And so he, he we didn't have anything else to drink in, in the apartment. And so he started drinking milk. And he was drinking milk after milk after milk after almost a whole gallon. And then the next morning we were flying out of Vegas. And he had the worst farts I've ever smelled in his in the life. And he was on the airplane next to people. And it was miserable. And he, he was going to the airplane toilet like every five minutes. I mean, I don't recommend uh. the stale and bad. Bad milk, but I'd take it over <laughs> losing to Michigan. I think I'm going to take the milk as well because I think I would just get sick and get rid of it and out of my system, and then I would be good, and then I wouldn't have the lingering pain. All right, up next, we're going to get back to Ohio State football discussion. That's coming up next on The Money. Here's a listener tweet. Are men and bones stupid in real life? Yes. Yes, they are. Common man and T-bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The fan. Sports gambling, fantasy football, and tailgating before a massive day of pigskin. You're listening to On The Money. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Scotty and I just saw something very interesting about Columbus Crew betting. Yes, Columbus Crew betting. They are in the Eastern Conference Finals of the MLS. They will play FC Cincinnati with a shot to go to MLS Cup. Hell is real. This is a really cool story. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. And uh, Scotty Vegas, before we do that, tell the good people about our Bud Light Picks Contest, what they can win and how they can sign up. Yeah, head to 971thefan.com. Get your NFL picks in today. It's from our friends over at uh, the Bud Light, and they are going to give away a $1,000 65-inch TV, a kegerator, and a neon sign. All you have to do is go to 971thefan.com, enter your Bud Light NFL picks today. Our season-long winner will win those big-time prizes. We also have some weekly prizes that we're giving out, but that's a a pretty awesome opportunity from Bud Light. And I want to know about these odds, Dave. What should I be betting in the soccer world? Well, this is crazy. So, you know, I when the crew... Was in the first round of the playoffs, they were playing uh, Atlanta United, and I got uh, the crew locked in at plus seven fifty to win MLS Cup. Okay, and uh, then they they beat Atlanta, and at least in most sports books that I saw, that it then you know dropped maybe plus six hundred, and then they were actually the underdog yesterday. They were playing on the road against Orlando, not a huge underdog, very slight underdog, and they won. 
and most sports books have now dropped it. Either it's either not available. One that I just looked at, they've taken the futures off the line because the Western Conference hasn't played their semifinals yet. Um, but ESPN bet, you're telling me the crew, it's still plus 750 to win MLS Cup. But I'm like, that can't be right. That was what it was in the first round. They've now won two series since then, a series, and then this past one was just a do-or-die game. It's got to be lower than that. No, it's still at plus 750, but here's why. They haven't updated it yet. Ooh, finding value on On the they Money. They still have in there as the second best odds to win MLS Cup Orlando. And they're out, right? Columbus beat Orlando last night 2 to nothing. Uh-oh. So they still have Columbus with worse odds to win MLS Cup than Orlando. They just haven't updated it yet because it's MLS and it's flying under the radar. So if you get on ESPN Bet right now and you believe in the crew... You're not going to see plus 750 odds anywhere else. Plus 750 odds. I mean, ESPN you know, that means, yeah, that means if you put $100 on the crew and they win, you win 750 bucks. Ooh, now I'm excited. All right, now you got me thinking, because I used to do this. I used to find flaws in golf betting all the time, and I would take advantage of those flaws. Now you're saying that uh, our friends at ESPN bet have a little flaw and has uh, the Columbus crew at plus 750 still. That puts a smile on my face. Another thing that does put a smile on my face is this Buckeye basketball team. Yeah, buddy. A big-time win over the weekend. And two big time wins over the weekends. First off, you take care of Alabama. Alabama is a very good team. They're a top 20 team. And Ohio State dominated that game. And then last night, Santa Clara came into the game. They're expected to compete with Gonzaga to win the West Coast Conference. They're like projected one and two in the West Coast. They were six and oh coming in. And Ohio State, they were a six point favorite. They just decided to win the game by 30 points. I mean, they were absolutely awesome, especially in the second half. Put 52 points on the board in the second half to win that game by 30. So trying to put a little smile on your face before we talk about what we have to talk about next, which is yesterday's game. Let's get to more of our fan comments. Dave, what do we got from the Twitter slash X machine? Well, I'm, I'm just impressed of how many people like chimed in. I mean, there's like so many that I'm losing track of how many people have responded on Twitter slash X and Facebook. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. Uh, let's get to the next one here. Give me just a second. I'm sorry. I got kind of backed up here. Um, a lot of people are saying things like, and this is true, what a massive miss it was when Ryan Day took Kyle McCord over J.J. McCarthy because they both wanted to be Buckeyes. And um, J.J. was J.J. even said he loved Ohio State and he was told that he would be a Buckeye. And then he, according to J.J., they lied to him. There's two sides to every story. And then they did an about face and picked uh, Kyle McCord over J.J. McCarthy. You know, and I was still waiting till not that J.J. played great, but he played better than Kyle. Um, and he's mobile, which Kyle is not. I know JJ was banged up, wasn't as mobile as usual yesterday, but still, that was a big, big miss by Ryan Day. It was because, look, JJ McCarthy did make some nice plays with his feet, but he also had a couple throws that were jaw-dropping throws, right? I mean, there were a few times where he had to make the play, and he found a way to make the play. And you know what? His decision-making was great. I don't know. Did Ohio State have a sack in the game yesterday? If they do, I don't remember it being a huge, you know, a big loss for Michigan. Have they had a sack all year? Yeah, that's another thing. It seriously feels that way, Ryan. They have not gotten the pressure on the quarterbacks, yeah. 
Yeah, very frustrating. So, yeah, the, the McCarthy thing is certainly an issue. By the way, I did do the little parlay. The only chance for Ohio State to get back into the playoff is a three-way. You need all all three of these things to happen. You need Georgia to beat Alabama. You need Florida State to lose to Louisville. And you need Texas to lose to Oklahoma State in those championship games. It, it, putting the odds on that for all three things to happen, it's 17-1. to one. Okay. Jeez. So you're saying there's a chance. Do you guys think Ohio State really needs Texas to lose? And here's my thing. I do. If Georgia hammers Alabama, beats them by three scores, that Texas win over Alabama looks worse. And this Ohio State loss to Michigan is, you know, close. It was razor thin. It could have gone either way, really. Couple plays. I'm not so sure that Georgia would get in over Ohio State in that scenario. I don't know. Maybe. You mean Texas. Texas. Or, or not Texas. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Texas. And I think it hurts Ohio State in that scenario where last year they got in with a loss to Michigan without winning the Big Ten. They'd have to do that two straight years, and you'd be leaving out a conference champion in Texas that regardless of Alabama then would have two losses, that would be an 11-2 and Alabama team, and you went to their place and gave them the worst loss of the Saban era in Tuscaloosa. He had, never, he had never lost by double digits. It's not like they won by 50, but they had never lost by double digits in the Saban era at Alabama, and Texas did that. I still think they would take Texas over Ohio State, but it would be interesting. Talk about pain. Well, this has been a painful morning, and I'm going to add to the pain. If Texas were to win and get into the playoff, we know who their quarterback is. Quinn Ewers. <laughs> Quinn Ewers. It was expected to be the guy this year. And that was Ryan Day's initial plan was for Quinn Ewers to be the quarterback here, not Kyle McCord for this season. So it's extra painful because Ugh. Quinn Ewers might be the guy keeping Ohio State out of the playoffs. I hated when he reclassified. And I know the coaches at Ohio State didn't like it either, but they weren't going to tell the number one player in the country, you can't do that. Then he would have been like, okay, I'll just go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but that was a disaster. He came here just for NIL and then left after less than a year. Um, not good at all. Okay, let's hear from Adam. Adam Burchett on X. Quote, McCord is not good enough to be the starter at Ohio State. I've seen enough. The numerous cold starts. The inconsistency. The very bad pocket presence, awareness, feel, and his bonehead throws to the ground when wide receivers are wide open. I'm convinced this is who he is. It's hard to argue with that. It's pretty strong. But, and yeah, you could be like, well, look at how he did against Michigan State. They're terrible. Okay? They're terrible. I mean, even the Notre Dame game, I keep coming back to that. His claim to fame, the last drive against Notre Dame, that really shouldn't have even happened. They, Notre Dame dropped what should have been an easy interception two plays before Mecca's big play. I'm with you, man. I just see a lot. I see, I'm with Adam here. I see a lack of pocket awareness. I see bad accuracy for the most part. And then all of a sudden, he'll make a big-time throw. It's like, okay. You know, he's an Ohio State quarterback. He's got a big-time arm, but he's not mobile. He's very bad under pressure. Every quarterback is worse under pressure. If you look at the grades from PFF, McCord is markedly worse when he's facing pressure. Um, Doesn't step into his throws, on and on and on. I think they've got to find a new quarterback. I agree. One thing I want to say, I hate the lack of mobility. Like, any time in college football now you have a quarterback that really can't make plays with his feet, that's a problem to me. I think you have to have a quarterback that can pick up the important first downs with your feet. You see it across the board in college football. The other thing, and I don't understand this, in the, late in the first half, 
when Ohio State got very conservative on the last drive and, and attempted the 52-yard field goal, which I hate so much. That still <laughs> makes me angry. You are getting, I know. I, it's I, I can see there's so bad. steam coming out of you. Yes. Okay, it was such a bad decision. But leading up to that point, Kyle McCord threw a deep ball to Marvin Harrison, and it was an unbelievable catch by Marvin. Marvin obviously has made ridiculous catches all year, but why did Ohio State not try more deep balls this year? Like You had the best damn wide receiver in the country who makes unbelievable catches, and Ohio State could not throw the ball deep this year? I I, I totally agree. I think it goes, but I don't think Ryan Day trusted his quarterback. I think that's why. Uh, real quick, because I, I know we got to go to break. Uh, my buddy Eric chimed in and said it's easy. You take the shot in the little biddles. And then uh, also, Indiana just fired Tom Allen as well. He accepted oh. a buyout. I saw that. Yeah, That'll All be right. interesting who who Indiana goes after. We, um, we, you think we can get Caleb to be the new producer of the show? Because I've, I've soured <laughs> on Ryan. I used to like Ryan. It was a uh, long time ago in a galaxy far, far I away. I thought it was Ryan. A little bit. Oh, I, thought, I, just... I thought Ryan Baker was a cool guy, but <laughs> you live and you learn, man. All right, up next is best bets. That's gonna be up next right here on the money. Wake up with the fan. Eat lunch with the fan. Go to bed with the fan. Dream about the fan. Then change your sheets. Gross. Ew, you guys are gross. But stick around in case I don't find anyone else. The fan. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Some people golf on Sunday mornings. Some people place bets on the people playing golf on Sunday mornings. This is On the Money. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Uh, What a crappy morning. But there's always sports betting, and we are going to give you our best bets in just a moment. Reminder, sports are fast. Betting shouldn't be, which is why it's important to set limits, know the risks, and pause before you play. To learn more, visit pausebeforeyouplay.org. And this On the Money action update is brought to you by our friends at the Mobile Center. Live betting or trying to get that player prop in, make sure you have the right internet speed. Visit a local mobile center store locations are in Westerville by the new Target and Plain City in the Costco Plaza. Let's look now at the current Hollywood Casino Columbus Sportsbook odds for uh, the NFL games today. And we're going to start out with the Browns and the uh, Broncos right now. That line is one and a half. Uh, the Browns are a one and a half point underdog at Hollywood Casino Columbus. And then the other one, you've got the Bengals, a two and a half point home underdog to the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. We need to, we need to regroup. We're all in a bad mood. So Dave, let's make some money. That's how we can regroup here on on the money. What are your best bets for today? Okay. I'm going to do a three leg parlay. I've got the under in the Bengal Steelers game of 36 and a half. I really like that. Um, I'm going to couple that with, I'm going to take the Steelers minus two and a half. I think it's going to be a close game. Obviously, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think the Steelers are going to win by a field goal, maybe more. The uh, much anticipated debut of Jake Browning. Uh, and by that, I mean not anticipated at all. And then I'm going to, the final of the three leg is Browns money line plus 120. Let's do it. Okay. I like those picks. I am going to take 
The the Steelers again, just absolutely brutal news. Of course, of of Joe Burrow's uh, injury season ender, and look the fact that you've got uh, the Steelers team coming off a tough divisional loss last week, and quarterbacks making their first career start versus, versus the Steelers are one in eleven straight up in their last twelve games. I am on the Steelers today. The other one I'm on is I'm on the Browns. Look, I think they are going to have the rushing attack to beat the Broncos today. The Broncos are on a little bit of a run, but they've generated 10 more turnovers than their opponents over the last three games. So I think there's a lot of luck in their run that they're on. So I am on the Browns today. And then the last one, you know, I'm on the Eagles in my Super Bowl futures bet, but here's the deal. I actually like the Bills on the road today, getting a field goal against the Eagles. The Eagles are coming off that big emotional win over the Chiefs on Monday night, a little bit of a short week. Bills kind of in that must win in situation because they're sitting there at six and five trying to get in that AFC playoff picture. I'm on the bills today, Dave. I like it. So the common theme of uh, the Ohio State fans, they're not very happy with Kyle McCord. That is your uh, common or theme. Or Ryan Day. Or Ryan Day, but <laughs> McCord got most of the heat. That is our show for today. Thank you very much for joining us for Scotty Vegas and Ryan Baker. I am Dave Biddle. Up next is Fan Sports Sunday with Jen and Tito. This has been On the Money. Chops his cereal killer eyes. And Reeser can grow a full beard before lunch. What can your friends do? Bishop and Friends. Weekday mornings at 9. The fa- Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Center. Good morning. I'm Caleb Blake here with your Sports Center update. It's a grim morning to be a Buckeye fan after the 30-24 to loss to Michigan yesterday. First time Michigan's won three games in a row against the Buckeyes since 1995-97. to Wolverines will now turn their attention to Iowa in the Big Ten Championship next week, while the Buckeyes will probably need some help from some other schools to make it into the CFP. Other games from the top of the rankings yesterday, number one, Georgia held on to beat Georgia Tech 31-23. Number four, Washington survived Washington State 24-21. And number five, Florida State outlasted Florida 24 to 15. Busy day here at the fan as the Columbus Blue Jackets are getting ready to play the Hurricanes. That one will get started at around 4.30 right here on 97.1 The Fan. And Ohio State women's basketball playing Cornell at 1 p.m. Coverage will begin at 12.45 on 14.60 ESPN. Also finishing up with Week 12 in the NFL today, Browns have a matchup with the Broncos, and the Bengals will play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Breaking news when it happens on The Fan.